Hello and welcome to the Flix from Podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode, we have Netflix 210th film from 2020. It's the political thriller, The Last Thing He Wanted. It's directed by Dee Rees. It stars Anne Hathaway, Ben Affleck, Rosie Perez, Eddie Gathgegi, Mel Rodriguez, Toby Jones, and Willem Dafoe. I'm here with MJ. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to talking about this one. It's a hell of a cast, isn't it? It's a very good cast. Um, yeah, I think we're gonna. This, this is gonna be a good chat. I'm hoping because I think there's a. Uh, we're gonna have just looking around um, about this film. It's got some uh, some quite um, negative comments. Um, Perception. I, I want to talk to you about it, Jesse. I, I, I need to talk about this movie to, to talk through things with it because, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. We will, but we do start with our fast flick. So can you tell us what this movie is actually about? So fast flicks, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> fast flicks for me, as I've always said, it is someone says, MJ, I saw that you watched The Last Thing You Wanted. What's it about? Like, What's, what's, what's your quick little one-line pitch on it? So for me, if someone asked me that question, I would say Anne Hathaway stars in this political thriller, espionage type movie. And I never really understood what was happening specifically in the whole film. And I, <laughs> it would be remiss of me. It would be remiss of me not to mention that straight away if someone asked me about it. So I yeah. know I'm going, I'm going ahead of things, but that is my fast flex. <laughs> okay. Um, I've gone with mine's a little bit more. Not as that ambiguous, I guess. I've just said it's a. It is ambiguous, actually. <laughs> Hopefully, it is. A journalist's moral compass is challenged when she becomes entangled in the corruption she is trying to highlight. <clears throat> okay. There we go. Yeah, okay, I think I sort of got that. It still it doesn't make much sense, but that's what I. <laughs> that's what this movie is about for me. Um, let's talk about it. But like, how did how did it get made? There's not. A, no, I couldn't find a lot. What did you find? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. So it's based upon a novel. Um, novel is also called The Last Thing He Wanted. Author is Joan Didion. Um, so in September of 2017, um, it was Marco Villalobos had written a screenplay adapted from that novel, got announced that Dee Reeves was going to direct this film. Uh, Cassian Elwes was going to produce the film under his Elevated Films banner. So I didn't know Cassian Elwes is Kerry Elwes' brother. Um, in February 2018, so it's about five months later, uh, Anne Hathaway comes on board as the uh, the star of the film, which is great news. And then a few months later in June, Willem Dafoe is in the cast. A month later, Ben Affleck's on the cast. Like, this is great. Three big stars on board. According to IMDb, I did read that um, Ben Affleck replaced Nicolas Cage, but I couldn't actually find anything overwhelmingly credentialed on that piece of information. So take it with a grain of salt. Um and May 2018, Netflix acquired the rights uh, to distribute the film. So Netflix were on board early. They were on board before they actually started filming it, uh, which was actually sorry, about a month before. So in June 2018, principal photography began. That took place in Puerto Rico. And then it was a Sundance film. So it had its world premiere at Sundance uh, 2020, so January 27, 2020, um, and then released worldwide on Netflix. And uh, that's kind of all I got. Yeah, that, like it did have a limited theatrical release in America uh, from the 14th of Feb, so the week before it hit Netflix. It was nominated for an award you don't really want to be nominated for. for poor Anne <laughs> Hathaway. Poor Anne Hathaway was nominated at the Razzies for the worst actress for this and The Witches. Um, 
And I think we mentioned this in an episode a little while ago. This was also on that reframe top 100 most popular narrative list for 2020. Right. So, um, yeah. But apart from that, I think you've covered off everything pretty well. Hey, how uh, can you be nominated for two films? So you've obviously hadn't had a great year, I guess. So I just love them as one nomination. I, think, I reckon that's been something they've done the last five years. And most recently, was it with Bruce Willis? They nominated him for like all five movies as worst actor. And then they uh, withdrew that nomination based on that hasn't the well. medical <laughs> stuff. That So I'm glad they actually <clears throat> had a bit of sense with that. But yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? It's just like we're gonna pick on. It's it's a bit of a negative <laughs> negative thing that you pick. Oh, on I hate people. the Razzies. I hate <laughs> yeah. Them. yeah. Um, translations across the world. This has got some good good translations. The okay, cool. Argentinian translation is "Your Last Wish," so it still ties in a little bit with the the last thing that he wanted. In Egypt, it was called "The Last Commandment," so I guess similar sort of thing. You're commanding someone to do something even though she sort of took it on herself. Um, in France, Poland and Thailand and Italy, it was called His Last Wish. So similar again. In Hungary, it was called The Last Will. But in Japan, this is the, the best one. It's called The McMahon File. <laughs> the McMahon File. Um, based on the, Genuinely, the that is the best title. Yeah, not bad, isn't it? It's, um, it's got the surname of <laughs> our two, um, well, our main character and her father. So yeah, but that's all I've got. I think we're almost ready to give our thoughts, our early thoughts. Or do yeah, we want to spo- talk about the spoiler? We're going to give reception. it a spoiler. I oh, am yeah, sorry, reception spoilers. We're going to spoil this. So we will talk about reception. We're going to spoil this. If you want to watch it, pause. Tell us what are people saying. I'm I'm frazzled by this we're one gonna, already. <laughs> I'm going to try and spoil it, Jesse. I might not be able to actually spoil it. Um, IMDb. It's a four point three out of ten off sixteen thousand ratings. Letterbox is a one point eight out of five, nearly nine thousand ratings. Um genuinely some of the lowest scores we've ever had on this podcast and this the same for rotten tomatoes i think this is the lowest i've seen it sits at a five percent from critics just five <laughs> five. that's on 56 reviews uh, and the audi- audience had it at 13 percent. that's on more than 250 so yeah i think these are some of the based on the amount of numbers that have actually we've got ratings for it's probably the lowest we've ever seen in 200 something movies mm. okay now it's time for your thoughts. <laughs> so I had, um, I'd never heard of this film. Never heard of it at all. Um, it's obviously, we, we do the films in the podcast in order that they were released. So it's next on the list. I went to put it on and I saw the cast and I was like, wow, how have I not heard of this <laughs> film? It's, it's got these great, I'm like, and I got excited. I started watching it and I thought initially the 4K in this film was really good. I know all Netflix original films are done in 4K, so it's got the 4K TV. It looked really good, it looked really crisp. It's going to be great. In the first half hour, I thought it was really slow. I wasn't really into it. I got completely lost initially with what was happening. I can't even remember the country they were in at the start and then the whole Nicaragua stuff. I know these are based on historical events that I, I just have no idea about them and it got sort of glossed over. I'm like, oh, this is slow and I, I'm, I'm kind of losing it, but I'm sure it will just come together. Um, and then I spent the rest of the film working my ass off to figure out what the hell was actually happening. Like, I didn't really know what Elena was actually trying to achieve and why. <laughs> I, I totally get that they wanted to play this game of who's bad and who's not and let's have a big twist and reveal at the end. But I actually didn't understand the backstory of what she was investigating and how her father and her were now involved and why she didn't 
why she knew not to get on that plane at the end of where she, I didn't know what she, I didn't know anything that was happening. I was trying so hard and it was just such a mess. And I was so pleased to jump on letterbox once I'd finished <laughs> to see that it had a 1.8 rating. And I, I'm like, man, I am just so far behind the eight ball. On this. I don't know what's going on in this film. And then I'm like, ah, oh, nobody knew what was going on in this film. So it's <laughs> so that's me. That's my journey of, uh, of this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was excellent. Um, yeah, I, I watched this with no context around this at all or any of the reception of the film. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Though. <laughs> so this is going to be good. Um, good. I no, Anne I need you to enjoy yeah, this. You need to help me. I think Anne Hathaway was great. Um, I, the one criticism of this, it was so predictable. Like, um, we've already said spoilers, but the Ben Affleck character, like in the first 10 minutes of the movie, you know that something's going to happen. So I, sure. I found it super predictable. Um, but I was still on the edge of my seat the whole way through waiting to see how they're going to get there and what was going to happen. Um, yeah. I didn't mind it. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad. Cause I, I, I struggled so much, man. I struggled so much. It was hard. Like it, it wasn't the easiest watch in the world at all, but I think that's why I was so focused. Cause I was just trying to, and I'm not saying yeah. that everything tied together or made sense at all, but that gave me something to, to focus on for the two hours. Cause I was like, okay, let's think back. How does this connect? What's going on? Even though it probably wasn't done very well, but I still was engaged. I was similar. I was focusing and I was working really hard. I, I literally know how he, I sometimes write down a few notes during the film. I, I wrote down two things in the whole time because I was just working so hard to figure it out. And um, yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll, I guess we'll get into it. Good. All right. Well, let's talk about the characters. Um, it's really, and like you said, I think it's really hard to identify specific scenes or specific, like you've got the generic idea of what, who the characters are, but the motivations at times may be a little bit confusing, but Let's hear what you've got to say. Well, I'm glad you said, because I, I actually felt like Anne Hathaway was doing a really good job here. Like, mm. I, I feel like she knew what was going on, <laughs> but she like, she wasn't sure that the filmmaker wasn't going to communicate it so poorly to the audience. Because I, I feel like she was doing a really good job for, as Eleanor. Um, my takeouts on her as a character, I, I, she's this sort of life-hardened workaholic who, who more or less... Played by her own rules, she was consistently plagued by finding out the truth behind, I know this, was it a war that was going on initially? Whatever it was, or a coup, something. She wanted to find out who was running it and why, right? and that was her kind of motive. Um, I do have an issue, I'm glad you done a spoiler alert, I do have an issue with the movie killing her off in the end, because I just don't think the movie was clever enough <laughs> to have this big reveal where you kill the main character off. I think that can definitely work in a film, but the film's got to have some credentials behind it. It just felt kind of cruel for an, an audience member who's working really hard to figure out what's going on. Back in this character in, really want to see her get home. I don't know why. I don't know who's going to help her, but I want to see a guy that has killed her. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't think you're this kind of film, but that, that kind of bothered me a little bit. That's fair. I, I read a bit about Anne Hathaway and I think she was really into this role and really connected with the character and connected with what was going on. And I think she thought the death at the end was really significant for this character and what it was sort of saying too. And I think in context, it's, um, this is a hard-nosed journalist who cares about the things in the world and, like you've said, is, you know, dedicated to work but also, and I don't know if it was done necessarily in, a, in an effective way, needs to work out her role as a mother to try and distinguish between the two and, and work out what her priority should be. Um, and we see that with the, the constant phone calls to her daughter throughout. Probably isn't as clear as it should be, but those phone calls to her, her daughter are, 
you know, I'm putting my head into my work when, you know, my priority should be elsewhere with my daughter. Um, but it also, like her character sort of shows you too that the, the political issues at the time and and what was going on across America with, you know, the world and, and how the things she wants the world to see are what politicians in America don't want the world to see. So, I mean, the backstory of her life, like including, you know, doing it tough, the dad that was never there, you know, failed marriages, um, cancer, those sorts of things. I don't think really that they didn't really add to her as a character um, because I think the focus more needed to be on her losing her way a bit and the stresses of the choices as being a mother. They, they would have been really more impactful as a character if they focused more on those. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah. Yeah, take your word for it. <laughs> okay, the, the, there's not much context to anyone else. So who else do you want to talk about? <laughs> so Ben Affleck's character's name was Treat Morrison, which I didn't realise. I think I do recall him being called Treat at one point, <clears throat> and maybe because that's like not really a name. is <laughs> why it didn't stick with me. Um, I actually have no idea who he was, like what his role was. And I, I get the feeling there was one conversation that he had that was he like a chance to be president one day? Is it kind of like the end goal for him? I, I talking about whole, oh, you know, you can be one of one. So I didn't, I knew obviously he's, he's doing shifty stuff in the political world. Um, but I, I assumed, as you sort of said, he was the bad guy the whole time and they never really gave you a reason for him not to be the bad guy. And then it was obviously supposed to be a twist that he was out to get her when like, wasn't it obvious the next day when he said we go home tomorrow and then there was a big shooting that like he was behind it like that, that I, I didn't know what was going on but i knew that was that was happening so i don't know this i mean it wasn't a huge role in the end but his character kind of felt a bit fundamentally flawed yeah i think and i think Affleck sort of just cruised through this as well it's a bit like when he plays batman he just played that monotonal light like way throughout yeah. the film and yeah so he was worked with this the secretary of state was like his boss the schultz dude so like you mentioned he's obviously sure. got political ambitions but i think yeah the first real conversation we hear between treat and schultz was about don't let this nicaragua stuff blow up in my face so from that moment onwards you know that ben affleck's character is going to do whatever he can to ensure that whatever is being investigated by eleanor is is not going to blow up and i think that yeah. they tried to as an audience tried to make you feel like uh, Jones, who was the the black French operative, um, like he yep. was the one that was going to do that shooting or he was the one, whereas, you know, he's actually the good guy um, and he's the one that gets the, Eleanor's reporting sort of out there. So her, her best mate, Elmer, can sort of finish the story for her, which we see that shot at the end with her typing. Um, <clears throat> I think Elmer has probably, we probably need to touch on her a little bit, like could have been a bigger role, almost like the best friend, co-worker to keep, the audience in touch with what's going on in America as Eleanor sort of off around. And I mean, the help, I don't know how much help she was, but she, she provided plot details for us as an audience to know what was going on yeah. and, and a little bit further context to the characters that sometimes got a bit confusing that Eleanor was had chasing her or was chasing herself. Yeah, that was helpful. I also, maybe it's a sign of the times, but I, and I can't really comment on journalism in the 1980s, but I always just assumed that she was the photographer for the first, like, hundred minutes of the film like how many hard hitting journalists are also the photographer she had her whole dark room and everything like that and then all of a sudden she's like oh i'd I punch out stories too i get all the goss i was like oh okay i didn't actually realize that it was like yeah they could they should have made a clear because they obviously the opening scene is we've got the writer and the photographer and they sort of go to that yep. the dark room and they're sort of helping each other yeah. out but then, but then when you've got eleanor sort of taking photos herself too it's like oh, okay so they both do it they both do both wow yeah I- multifaceted <laughs> 
<laughs> One of the few things that confuse me. Uh, that, I guess, do we talk about Alan's dad a little bit, Dick? Yeah. <laughs> look, I, look, I think he's obviously this jaded old man who is running around with the wrong people his whole life and constantly makes bad decisions. Um, are we, like, here's my issues or questions with him. Was he actually mates with Epperson or I, Bob Weir? Because obviously they have that flashback of him being at the barbecue and they're like, were they actually mates? Because it seemed like he was kind of out to get him. And, you know, was are we assuming that he was murdered as well in the end? Or did he just die? I got I, I a feeling that he was murdered, yeah? Yeah, I, I, my intent or my understanding is that he's assassinated, um, removed from the hospital by dodgy people. But I don't know why you can't show on the screen that he was assassinated because that gives more clarity. You don't need that to be a, like a, a, an issue that you, you're contemplating. Well, did he just die because he was already in hospital or did he, was he killed? Just show us that he was killed because that adds further to the context of these people that are chasing and, and Bob and Max, which I think they were obviously friends through that that flashback of the, her birthday party or whatever it was. Yeah, no, that's confusing. Good. I haven't got any other, anything else about characters. No, nah, neither. I kind of wanted to talk about Jones, but <laughs> I couldn't think of anything to say, so I didn't. But Jones seemed like he was a significant enough character. Yeah, he was nice enough to go and help her after she'd stolen his car and <laughs> him out on the side of the road. But hang on, wasn't he? Because then I got the feeling when she talked about there being French operatives there who were going to help, right? And this is what Alma says to Eleanor. I'm like, okay, so these are the good guys. But then she suspects them at some point. And then they chase her. And then I thought at the end, he was still saying that she was doing the wrong thing as well. I thought they were both all bad guys. I, sorry, I, I don't know. Who knows whether my interpretation is right. But yeah, she has those flashes where she freaks out and thinks that Jones is out to get her as yeah. well. I thought that was just a plot device to get you off, to try and get you off track about Affleck. Because I... Maybe, and you might be... But he was also, I'm pretty sure his statement at the end was negative towards yeah. Eleanor. He was. Yes, but that was, I, I think as well, that um, he was just trying to get info and intel himself, wasn't he? So realistically, she was doing her father's deed. So she was, he needed to report that she was dodgy. But I don't think he ever, his intention ever was to assassinate her or kill her. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he was more into the idea of getting the intel, getting the information, whereas the american side of things was not we need to obliterate any connection to this whatsoever yeah, it doesn't exist yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um oh, the director d reese what what do you know about her <laughs> well mudbound is Ooh. is netflix original basically everywhere except for somewhere that makes it not on our list um so i i it's a movie that i've wanted to watch and i haven't actually seen um but very highly acclaimed was it even nominated um it was i think it was nominated for the Oscars. yeah yeah, no, so I, I'm the same. Dave is mudbound director, so that's pretty good credentials. Yeah, I'm super keen to watch it too, but haven't. And the other Netflix work that she's done was a couple of episodes of that Space Force show with um, Steve Carell. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple, of, just I think two episodes directed. So it's interesting. All right, this is the this is the good time where we talk about some scenes. Is there anything in this that you liked? <laughs> well, there's not much. I talked about the scenes in general because I just got so confused, but I made a point during the film to write down a scene I thought was good. I thought when she took the car away from Jones, I was like, okay, something's happening. I don't know what's <laughs> happening, but something's happening. And I can, I can get on board with this a little bit because at the moment, 
got off your plane, you didn't get your thing, you jumped in the car with him, no idea where we're going with this guy. And uh, you sort of take matters into your own hands. So that, that kind of was exciting for me, but that is, that's all I got. And even that's a massive stretch. I'm the same for both ends though. Like there's nothing that really stood out, nothing yeah. that was really horrible. Um, and that's probably because we were both just so focused on <laughs> trying to work <laughs> what was going on. But I think for me, a, a lot of tension in this film. So the, the parts that I felt real tense were the scene where Eleanor goes to the, the Pan Am frequent flight flyer lounge um, and her sitting oh, yeah. there and the shots as she's trying to focus on each of the people to try and work out who the connection was. I thought that was done really well. I was definitely mm-hmm. feeling yep. on board going, ooh, who's the, who's the one here? And obviously that flashback of that that lounge plays an important part towards the end. Uh, and and uh, the other tense scene for me was her getting in line at the airport when she gets out of the taxi, stressing about the the passport, the bag, the setup of them, tr- like the, you know, it was, that was a huge setup to try and get her for drug smuggling so she couldn't get out of the country. And the smarts for her to quickly go, no, that bag's not mine. I'm getting through the line, the et cetera. Names. I yeah. thought that was good. Um, last thing, the just because this reminded me of something else, but there was that car chase where they had like the Caribbean street party and there's like all the music and the dances oh, yeah. and stuff. That really reminded me of uh, Live and Let Die, one of my favourite James Bond films. Just uh, the voodoo, Roger Moore, great movie, Live and Let Die. Um, that's it. <laughs> so you like but, it because it, it reminded you of something. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate I like that. It. Yeah, I liked it because it reminded me of something else. But I, like, I was intrigued still. This movie still intrigued me, and I still thought Anne Hathaway's yeah. performance in like most scenes was really good because she was a believable character. Um, I agree with cons- that, considering what she was given to work with and what the the rest of what like there was just such quick, sharp cuts between every single scene that it was hard to keep that context. And she was the only stagnant between all of that. So I appreciated that. Well, that's what I, I have to. I have to think that she did know what the hell was going on. And and she and I'm sure that director um, D. Rest was the same. Like they knew what was going on, they just couldn't put it together. And that's not yeah. Anne Hathaway's fault by any exactly. stretch of the imagination. Is there anything in here that you didn't like? There's only two things I can really mention. As I said, it was some of it was just so incoherent that I was trying to figure it all out without actually thinking that was a bad scene. But when Anne Hathaway and Ben Affleck were in bed together, seemingly out of the blue. <laughs> didn't really know why or what that achieved and they just had a little chat and then it was like cut like that that scene was so bizarre for me it just came out of absolutely nowhere which i think probably a lot of it did in hindsight um i had to mention it though because it was really bad and just in general the final reveal and i guess final montage because there's a lot of some um, flashbacks in that montage from things we've already seen so you know when you're kind of just holding on to the story like you're just there and you're waiting for the final reveal to try and help you but then you just left fawning more well this kind of took that to a whole other level because i didn't really know what was going on i thought maybe the final reveal would make sense and i was like huh like they kind of flick back to these little snippets in the film and i think like okay sure i remember that i understand that and i don't know why you're quoting it now i don't know where it fits but cool i remember that happened and characters just kind of kept popping up and popping back, like the lady from the flight lounge is just there all of a sudden. It's like, yeah, cool, but who the hell is she? Like, she was part of the French. Yeah, they're, they're kind of, yeah but you, you, they're sort of saying all this stuff and the whole thing just felt even more incoherent than it had throughout the whole film, that it was basically laughable. Like this film just finished and I was like, what? 
that's I just I just thought what I just didn't know. So that final uh, reveal was was as bad as anything. I think I've read somewhere like at one of the Sundance um, screenings that the audience were just laughing at that that montage you spoke oh, is about. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The only thing that I can I'm going to completely agree with you that sex scene. It was. Yeah. I think from context, I'm pretty sure that they actually have a bit of a relationship in the book in the novel before that happens, but they didn't give any of that in the film. So you either wipe that that moment because there's no inkling that that that, that was going to happen between the two of them. Like to me, it, she was a desperate person who just needed that American connection to get her out of there. I didn't see like yes, she had, they have that moment yeah. where she sort of debriefs and gives away up. her guilt, I guess, and the whole story and the connection that he needs to go, cool, I need to get rid of you. Um, because without her doing that, he doesn't have that proper evidence as of yet. But she literally blurts it all out to him. Um, the one thing about this scene that really annoyed me, though, was that he's just lying there talking about Diane. Obviously, <laughs> one of his ex-partners or something, but <laughs> who's, who's Diane and why do we need to know about Diane? Because that added nothing <laughs> I forgot about that. I thought we we're going to come back and find out that he'd had a really tragic relationship or something, and Diane's going to come back. I was like, "That's because as soon as he says it, you're like, oh, that's obviously an ex of, of sorts." Because to um, start off with, when they're in bed, I thought, I was like, "Oh, so, I was like, so this is this is actually her child's dad." That's what I was thinking. I was like, "Oh wow, this is like they're actually okay. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're both dodgy and they're both like hiding identities from each other." And then we start somewhere with Diane, and I'm like, "Oh god, no." Nice. <laughs> Oh my god, that was oh such god. a weird. And you're right, but there's so much of this movie that I feel like was left on the cutting room floor. Like it's obviously based on a novel. I'd be fascinated to see if the novel like flows really well, makes a lot of sense. I think it flashes back and forward from what I can understand, but that's okay. That's fine. It just feels like they're like, oh crap, we've got to get this under two hours. So let's just take it all out. Oh yeah, it still kind of works. That's almost what it feels like. That we're just missing all these pieces, and that's why it just didn't work. Yep, exactly. All right, so did you, are there any themes or ideas that you, you could pick up on this? This was really difficult for me. Um, I, I think there is an idea watching this film and getting into the intensity of it is trying to stay safe and, and always keeping your wits about you and not knowing who you, you can and can't trust. Um, I don't think this film does a good job of figuring out who you can and can't trust, but um, and then there's a bit of a puzzle side of it too, the idea of putting pieces together, the whole investigative journalist side of things to figure out what's going on and how you can try and get to the bottom of it. And then, as I said, like, yeah, who who can you trust? Because this film is kind of telling you to trust nobody. <laughs> I don't think you can really trust anybody if you want to look at this film as a basis for that. Yeah, I, I feel like um, they tried to do the bookend voiceover of, of Eleanor's character to, to try and make you think about what you've actually seen. So um, I don't know whether I like that, but, you know, the, the idea a little bit about money, making the world go round, and this is at the cost of human life at times because um, a majority of this through her father and, and through the work she's trying to cover is the weapons trade and the political interventions by countries. Um, you know, this is highlighting the idea a little bit of, of America being that cowboy that, tries to save the world um, and they don't ever see the consequences of their interventions because, uh, you know, they just want to be seen as the good guy. Let's clear and wipe out what we can. And unfortunately too, that like I feel Anne Hathaway's character was a bit of a, a symbolic moment because you've got the idea that it's a very male dominated 
not only the media mm. world that she's working in where all her bosses and all the people above her are telling her what she can and can't do a male, but also when she gets on that political trail as well, that is overrun by males as well. And I think the, the best scene to highlight that is when they're on the plane, the, the press plane, and you've got all the men acting wild and crazy and she's just sort of sitting there isolated by herself. Um, and that sort of leads into that idea too about what they're trying to say about reporters a little bit in this. I think, you know, the they, there's one line, I think it was with Jones where he's talking about, you know, the... Um, the unreported casualties of war are reporters um, yeah. and the yeah. risks that they take to get the truth. And she's risking a lot. She has the choice. She could have ditched on this mission earlier, but she decided to stay to try and get more of the story, um, putting herself in danger, I guess. And, and it's that idea of a story. Um, and Ben Affleck's character, he doesn't care about the story because he wants those stories buried or erased um, for the yeah. betterment of himself, for his government and higher ranking people. So that, that, iffy ethical legal line that they're they're dealing with that's a really good analysis i think you've summed that up really nicely and i think you're giving the film more credit, more credit. than actually like i think i think yeah. th those takeouts are, are fair but i don't think the film did a great job of doing it i think if you dig deep enough you can see that though you can understand that and i think that was really good mm. yeah but not necessarily done the right way so like what did you take yeah. away from this film then i guess oh look this this film is just a famous bust like when you think of films that just were, got so many things wrong this is going to come up on the radar um it's, it's one of the most incoherent movies i've ever seen not in terms of like cheap and cheesy moments like we've done with secret obsession or the open house they're just bad movies but they're kind of funny bad this is more like as i said we are missing parts of the story that were really paramount in telling us what the hell was actually going on yeah i think that'll probably like that leads into what i took to i think it annoyed me in movies like Sandcastle and what was the one with Henry Cavill um, that we did on the show? It was about oh. a war. The Irish, it was the Irish, not Irish. It was along those things about invasions and stuff as well. I haven't got a great memory of what it was called, yeah. but those films, and they sort of annoyed me at times, but they often had subtext or a quick bunch of text on the screen where it gave you context of this is what's happening in the world at the time of what's going on. And I think unfortunately in this film that would have probably added like you just need a text line saying the cold war is going and america's trying to stop the the run of communism so then you flash to them trying to work out as journalists who's funding these anti-communist little groups that are attacking america um, attacking america's um you know enemies and then that gives you context to the opening scene as to what they're reporting on in um costa rica or nicaragua yeah. or wherever it was um or, you know, the next scene during the Cold War, this is what Reagan stood for. What We're following Reagan's press camp, uh, you know, his um, political campaign for so long in this film. What's the context? Why is that such an important thing? Because of all of the policies that he had he had about funding all these tiny little moments throughout the world to, to stop communism. If you have that, then you get context as to why the, the arms trade and the deals and all these things were happening rather than just going in blank to it because you probably do need a little bit of context for that. That's oh you hundred percent do. How many people are that au fait with that kind of information? Um, Forty years on, and, and yeah, you know, granted, maybe it's a little bit more common with American history, but um, I still reckon there'd be a ton of people that are just completely. I, I was I, I I just assumed that I didn't need to know this stuff and it was going to sort itself out, but clearly you did. You did, yeah. I mean, apart from most people would probably know about Cuba and Fidel Castro and the Cuban Missile Crisis and things like that. 
they're, they're the things that most people would know about about this time and age, like, you know, a little bit earlier than these events. But these are the same sort of things, the same sort of issues, the same complexities of ideological battles that you need context for to, to get this film. Um, and they, they needed for something sure. to, to help with that. It's great. All right. IMDb. Did you jump on IMDb at all? No, I didn't actually. Me either. So that leads us to yeah. some questions. You got any questions you want to ask? I got a good question. The movie is called The Last Thing He Wanted. The last thing who wanted and, and what was the last thing that that person wanted? Because I, I don't understand. So I, it's a great question because I is it in context to her dad and the last thing he wanted was this last run so he could retire or was it Ben Affleck's character and the last thing he wanted was to clear out all this damage so then he can become president? Yeah, they, they, they both work. They both fit. I was thinking the whole time it was her dad. Um, and I was like, was the last thing that he wanted for her to get caught up in this turmoil? <laughs> and it's not the end of the world, but it just it was just very strange. Maybe it is. Maybe it's supposed to be multi-pronged. And I think it's also that discussion of this, when it, this, the main protagonist of this story is a female, but all her actions and all her work is still leading to what a male wants. Um, that's a very good point. As well. Yeah. Um, and that's probably, I haven't read the novel, but I'm guessing, I'm hoping that's probably what the novel's sort of, because it's the same title as the novel. So I'm guessing that's what that's about. True. True. Um, I had a question about her dad too. How did his death make the paper, <laughs> let alone an addition in Antigua? I, I thought such, that too. Such a lazy point. And especially in like the 1980s, they're getting that newspaper days late, <laughs> like days and days at best. And I thought the same thing. I'm like, why is he in the paper? He's just a dude. Like he got exactly. like an article. It's like she was reading the obituaries. Or was she? Either yeah, way. I don't know. Either way, it's, it's, it's a very... If it was uh, the obituaries, there was only like four there. <laughs> Now, pretty big, long chunks. Um, yeah, that's nah, rubbish. Um, Eleanor always wanted to chase the story, but did you find it really hard to believe that she would full on jump into her dad's dodgy business just to chase a story? Like, it seemed like such a big um, disconnect, especially because she clearly doesn't have a great relationship with her dad. Like, it's not like she's like, oh, I'll do anything for this guy. He's my dad. It's almost like we're, we're somewhat estranged. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I did think the same thing. Pretty bloody risky, but I, I, I can I can sort of take that leap a little bit. Yeah, and I guess the last thing, like, so we're sort of assuming that Elma got the truth out and the story out through her story at the end. With, I don't know if there's a sequel, but were there any consequences? Did Affleck go after her now, like, or is he his career over? Yeah, I don't know. I'm all good with this ambiguous sort of ending that you know they leave you with a little glimmer of hope that the story is getting out there, but. Um, I don't know. This one almost deserved a little bit more for the work. That she yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's it. We're ready to wrap it up. What are your final thoughts? <laughs> yeah. I, look, I mean, I've made it very clear. Like, it, it felt like the director, D-Res, knew exactly what was going on. Like, she's making this movie and she gets it. It all adds up. But I almost think that she was too close to the story that every scene, every moment, must have fit in perfectly for her because she had the context of everything else that was going on. I was like, yeah, this works, this fits, this works, this is fine. It's almost like that it all told the story that she knew like the back of her hand, but sadly she was either just way too close to it or no one had the balls to tell her this was just so wildly incoherent that it just made no sense whatsoever. 
And after two hours of watching it and obviously spending more time thinking about it and trying to analyze it so I don't sound like a moron talking to you on this podcast, I'm still left really perplexed about how it all got put together without somebody saying, uh, this doesn't work. <laughs> and maybe they just got down too far. I'm like, oh, shit, we just got to release where we are. <laughs> well, it's, it's one star for me. It's one star. Good. Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, this was, it was a pretty crazy movie. It was all over the shop. I went from one scene to another. I was the only tiniest bits of fragments to sort of keep you in the loop with what was going on, but I still had fun. Um, I thought the ending was too obvious, like I said, but I like the ride getting there. I thought it looked really good too. Like it wasn't like you had amateurs yeah, doing any that. of the, the camera work or cinematography. I thought Hathaway was great. I don't know. I, I still want people to check it out so that they can sort of make their own opinion on it. Uh, I'm giving it a three and a half. <laughs> three and a half? Give <laughs> it a three and a half. I was like, so, Jesse might give this a three. He actually might give it a three. Fair enough. Give it a three and a half. Um, so, yeah. Jeez, um, I could not recommend it to someone. I could. I, I, what you said is fine, and you actually did seem to interpret it quite well, and I, it was great talking to you about it. But I would feel rude recommending it to someone. No, nah, that's fair. And I think that a lot of people probably would not want it to be recommended to them. But I don't know. I just feel like if you're interested in checking yeah. out an Anne Hathaway film, uh, it's worth giving it a shot. So... Uh, we've got socials, we've got Twitter, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram. Give us a check out if you can. Just in reference to the title of this film, what was the last thing that Eleanor would have wanted herself? Um, for me, probably to survive. <laughs> Say her daughter again. All right, survive and the truth. The truth, yes, true. Um, we're back again next week. We've got a 2020 Italian drama called Yeah Ballet. It's directed by Suni Caparavella. It stars Julian Sands, Achina Bass, and Manish Chua. So get on board if you want. As always, it's been a pleasure. We are almost out of time. So I uh, look forward to seeing you next week. You too, mate. That was uh, at a blast talking to that one. <laughs>